0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy, I'm Josh Siegel. The Biden administration is coming out with a new air regulation that's putting several of its most prominent public health priorities at odds. The rule would limit emissions of ethylene oxide, an odorless, colorless gas linked to cancer that's used to sterilize medical devices. The gas is exposed to millions of people, and many live in low-income and minority communities. The Biden administration has made addressing the chemical a key part of its environmental justice work, and it wants to improve cancer prevention efforts. But the medical device industry argues the chemical is needed to keep the nation's healthcare system operating without disruption. So today, I chat with Politico's Annie Snyder about Biden's EJ work versus the medical device industry. It's Wednesday, February 28th.
1: So the Biden administration is facing a March 1 deadline to finalize a rule governing emissions of hazardous air pollutants from facilities that sterilize medical devices. This is the sort of wonky industrial regulation the EPA is supposed to be churning out on a regular basis. And it really, when they happen, fly below the radar of most people. But this one has really struck a nerve for a few reasons. One, there are a bunch of communities that are paying a lot of attention to this because they have these facilities near them. And two, it really has caused some struggles within the Biden administration because it pits some of the Biden administration's most prominent and important priorities against each other. These facilities are really important to the medical supply chain. They sterilize half of the medical devices in the country, everything from like surgical kits to heart stents. But they're also located in communities near schools and childcare centers, like next to the Target, and often in environmental justice communities. And the chemical that's really driving this new regulation is a chemical called ethylene oxide that's been linked with cancer at really low levels of chronic exposure. And so this also implicates the Biden administration's cancer moonshot. This is its program aimed at ending cancer as we know it. So you've got three major priorities of the Biden administration's environmental justice, ending cancer, but also commitment to the strong medical supply chain, especially in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic that raised so many concerns.
0: Got it. And on the EJ component, I mean, how important would you say this rule is in its broader, you know, EJ commitment agenda? And and what sort of public health impacts is the rule expected to create once it's finalized, of course?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I should be clear that Medical sterilizing facilities are not the only sources of ethylene oxide. In fact, they're not even the biggest sources of ethylene oxide. Those are these petrochemical plants that are concentrated in Texas and Louisiana. And the Biden administration is separately but relatedly proposing a new rule that would govern emissions of ethylene oxide from those facilities. I think the data would show that those facilities have even greater environmental justice concerns. But the nonprofit Union of Concerned Scientists did a analysis of the locations of these medical sterilizing plants, and they found that 13 million people live within just five miles of these facilities and that those communities are disproportionately low income and communities of color. And so they would argue that this very much implicates the Biden administration's environmental justice goals. And I know that EPA's air office has really elevated ethylene oxide as one of its big environmental justice goals. The version of this rule that the Biden administration proposed last spring would cover all 86 medical sterilizing facilities around the country. And the Biden administration said that the suite of new requirements that that proposed rule would impose, which was everything from emissions controls, both for sort of the smokestack, but also for leaks and the monitoring, the sort of aggressive monitoring that would be associated with it. They said that that sort of suite of changes would reduce emissions of ethylene oxide by 80%.
0: Wow, and on the flip side, you're reporting the medical device industry is not a fan of the proposal in its current form. It's arguing you know that it could negatively impact hospitals and doctors' offices. So how much does that actually ring true and what sort of problems are they you know anticipating for the nation's medical system?
1: Yeah. So the medical device industry has raised some major concerns around this rule. And it's, to be clear, not even just the medical device industry, but also its federal regulator, a whole other arm of the federal government, the FDA, which is responsible for regulating the medical, the serialization of medical devices. So both the medical device industry and the FDA are very concerned that this rule could have implications for the supply chain. We've seen hints of the challenges that it could pose, In recent years, when public uproar over these facilities has driven some states to take medical sterilization plants offline or to reduce their capacity, what industry and the FDA are saying is that the kind of aggressive upgrades and the aggressive timeline envisioned by the proposed version of the rule would do is require that some of these facilities come offline and that that could create supply chain impacts. What they say is that the capacity for medical sterilization is already full up. And so any taking anything offline is going to cause a backup in sterilizing these really important medical devices. And ethylene oxide is used to sterilize half of all medical devices in the country. And so that is potentially huge implications around the country. And they argue also that the coronavirus pandemic really gave us a case in point for why having domestic capacity for sterilization is so important.
0: Mm -hmm. And how is the Biden administration, you know, working to ensure some of the potential problems don't happen that way if the rule is, in fact, finalized? How is it working to address those?
1: Well, I think that that question is very much in flux right now because the final version of this rule is currently sitting at the White House for interagency review. And advocates for the communities impacted by this rule and environmental justice concerns, as well as advocates for the medical device industry, say that there is a real tug of war happening within the Biden administration over how to go about this rule. You know, FDA has absolutely been raising concerns with EPA along the way around potential supply chain impacts. We saw that when the proposed rule came out and we've seen some pretty strong statements coming out of FDA around the potential impact. And so I think that this issue is very much the subject of tug of war happening right now.
0: Also, EPA announced on Tuesday that the remaining $1 billion in Superfund money from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law will go toward work at over 110 sites around the U.S. The money allows for work to begin at every site where construction is ready to start, including launching new cleanup projects at 25 toxic sites. EPA also says about 80% of the Superfund money has gone to sites near communities with potential environmental justice concerns. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious brake master cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. And they're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane.